I V M. Hey everyone, welcome to episode one seventy nine of Shunya One. Uh, we are talking to the two co-founders, Upside AI today, and two out of three co-founders, Kanika Agarwal and Atanu Agarwal, join us for a very interesting conversation about what makes Upside AI uh, very very interesting. And this this is a company in the investment financial market space uh, which uses AI as a technology layer to actually help their customers and clients get interesting returns. And I had a very, very uh, enlightening chat about exactly what AI is in their business and uh, how they've really sort of capitalized it in a very unique way. So if you're interested in anything to do with finance and investing, I think you'll find this very, very interested. So let's take a break, come back and talk to both of them. Hi, welcome to Shunya One, uh, Kanika and Atanu. How are you guys doing today? All good. Uh, excited to talk to you and uh, answer all the different questions we've been talking about. Same here, same here. Very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. No, most most welcome. Thank you for making the time. Uh, you know, uh, you guys are obviously also based in Bombay. Uh, of course, given the kind of company that you are uh, at the financial center of things. But, you know, also this is not your first podcast is what I understand. Uh, Kanika, I think you've uh, already been on a show on IVM. Yeah, yeah, I'm a I'm a repeat guest. Uh, I was just so interesting. I had to come back, right? Uh, so I, uh, no, we, uh, I, yeah, I did one with uh, Anupam last year, um, and excited to talk to you again. IBM's a great uh, you know platform. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, though that's great. Uh, and like I was saying earlier, uh, I know Pesavasa audience is obviously a lot more financially savvy, but here at Shunyavan, I think uh, all our listeners are equally tech savvy. So. Today, uh, we're going to probably uh, talk about more of the AI part of Upside AI and, uh, you know, how uh, how all of it sort of unravels. But uh, before we get into that, I, I always like to ask, uh, you know, personally for uh, both of you, well, how did this journey actually come, uh, you know, uh, to bear? Uh, it, as a personal background, uh, how did, you know, both of you get the entrepreneurial bug to sort of build this? And if you could give us a little bit of backstory. So uh, my background has largely been in finance and investing uh, my whole career. I'm a CA, CFA by training, um, started out at EY, uh, then Credit Suisse Investment Banking. And then I was with Mayfield, which is a venture capital fund doing uh, early stage investing. So consumer internet and SaaS were my main areas of focus. Um, and But you always know I'm going to you know do something on my own. Uh, I'm half Madhu, half Guju. So uh, what else am I going to do but business, right? Uh, and, you know, you're eventually going to do it. Uh, so just quit, uh, you know, four years into VC, uh, opportunity cost keeps going up. Uh, so, so it's better to leave sooner uh, rather than later. Didn't know what I was going to do yet, but, uh, you know, met these guys uh, at Credit Suisse. We'd, we'd been friends for a while and then uh, ended up starting Upside together. Yeah, Wonderful. with me, uh, it's similar uh, in the sense that uh, I, I've, I've also spent my entire career in investing. I uh, graduated from IIT Bombay in 2011. Uh, IIT Bombay is where I met. Nikhil. In fact, Nikhil and I studied for IIDJE together since we were both 15 years old. So Nikhil is our third co-founder, is a very, very close, very old friend. And we happened to go to IIT Bombay together. We were in the same hostel together. And then after IIT Bombay, I was in Credit Suisse in the investment banking team, which is where I met Kanika. Nikhil also coincidentally was in the Algo trading team. Not that we are tied at the hip, but it just these things just happened. Of course. You know. Uh, and then uh, I was, after Credit Suisse, uh, I was in New York for six, seven years. Uh, working for a multi-strategy fund out of there. 
um and i was doing you know public markets private markets us europe india uh, managing about a billion dollars along with the founder ceo of the fund so it was the two of us in new york uh, managing the capital and that's you know so my sort of my ambition uh, was slightly different than kanika's in the sense that i always wanted to have a fund of my own uh, right mm-hmm. i wanted to have um, and manage a pool of capital uh, and sort of uh, do that for a long period of time you know i've been a disciple of benjamin graham and of course buffett to some extent after that for a long period of time and that's what i wanted wanted to make my career right. in and i think that's right. where sort of our uh, paths met where you know we decided to start a startup which is in the investing space or the fund management space right? so that's yeah that's our that's yeah. my journey and how ai really comes in is uh, nikhil um, nikhil again iit bombay uh, fed uh, computer science uh, btech uh, credit suisse on their algo desk and then he went back to iit bombay and did his phd in machine learning Um, so he is the uh, AI part of uh, Upside AI, where he actually wrote uh, every single line of code is written in house. Uh, he's actually written it. There's nothing off the shelf we use. Uh, so you know, Danu does a actually designed uh, all of the products, and then uh, you know they were all sort of coded by Nikhil, and then uh, that's how. Of course. Started. Yeah, it's. I was. My next question was going to be. Both of you are definitely the upside. So someone else is uh, <laughs> adding to yeah, the yeah. AI, but. Correct, and that's how it is with starting up, right? A lot of it is, yeah. um, the, you know, so much of it is serendipity because uh, uh, you you meet each other at the right time. Uh, Nikhil was finishing up his PhD, figuring out what he wanted to do. I just quit. Um, he loved investing, so it all, you know, everyone's skills were complementary enough for it to take off. And this was some time back. I think you've got you've guys founded in like twenty seventeen, uh, and since then uh, have been building, you know, this product up. Uh, i'd love to ask why the focus on let's say uh, you know the ai aspect of it or what what exactly is the product if you could go into a little detail of what the vision was when you formed the product yeah. itself yeah i think this so i you know i think uh, it the idea was born out of uh, my experience in the us right uh, and when you set out of there uh, you re- realize how much of the world, investing world has moved away from human driven investing right, right. Uh, most of trading activity in the us is system driven or rules driven the biggest hedge funds in the world are quant funds the most successful investor of all time is a quant fund right uh, and i think to some extent uh, of as with most things india lags behind the us and there is not to say that there isn't tech in investing in india but it's mainly on the technical side you know someone doing high frequencies stuff or arbitrage stuff no one's really using tech at scale here and by at scale i mean using fundamentals where you use company fundamentals and, and invest not just trade Right, that's mm. still the domain of humans in India. Right, there are star fund managers which all of us know. There are mutual funds which are all run by humans, and there are small AUM which which is there in passives, passive ETFs. But there is nothing really at scale where someone is using technology, using a system-driven approach, and applying that to mm. investing, and is a is a is a scale AMC. Right, so that's our vision that we want to be right. uh, India's first tech-led AMC, uh, and at some point in our journey, have get a mutual fund license and. Offer these products to investors where the fund manager is not me or Kanika or Nikhil. It's the technology. It's an algorithm, right? So that's yeah. the vision, really, to build India's first tech ladians. So I, I have a, a fundamental question around what what you just mentioned. Why India today still is a little more manual driven market? Uh, is there anything to do with what you are allowed to do as a financial institution? Is there any regulatory limitation on? the fact that there needs to be a person managing a fund uh, who is certified to manage a fund and is you know and so on and so forth and it can't be just 
a machine in the cloud. Yeah, I mean, see, those things are true for us as well, right? We are the ones who have gotten the license. We are managing the fund. It's not like the algorithm is directly trading in the market. That's not what's right. happening. It's the process that goes into building the portfolio. What happens today is most of the time is there's a human being who has some intuition or some, you know, basic rules that they go by and they filter a bunch of securities and then they go meet management and then they form a view on that security and recommend right. either include in their portfolio or not, right? That's usually what the process is. So our process is just different from that, that where the screening and the evaluation is done by the by a machine. And then of course, we, uh, the final portfolio, we do a sanity check, we make sure the numbers are all right, and then we execute the portfolio. So there is still a right. human being who's uh, managing the fund and who's the face of the fund, but the process is different, right? We are, we are relying on technology to pick the portfolio while most people rely on their own intuition or you know whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, their own sort of intellect to pick the portfolio. And we think that Technology over time will do a better job than any human being. And and since uh, since you are formed uh, again, obviously it's been I think it's been a very interesting time in the Indian financial markets. I would say over the past uh, especially couple of years. So how have you evolved your product thesis or or the components that you use to actually build the intelligence layer of your product? Uh, could you talk a little bit about how you've evolved? So, um, you, know, you know, we started in 2018 um, and spent a year actually in beta just testing out or tweaking things, right? Learning from the market. So you have back tests which tell you one thing and then live markets are very different. You need to understand right. what whether your parameters work, what doesn't, what your impact costs, blah, blah, blah. So made lots of changes and then went live in uh, 2019, mid-2019. Um, super interesting. Uh, you know, six months into it, uh, you know, we're sitting, uh, you know, 2020 comes and Biggest learning, honestly, for us was uh, do not veer from the system. If the mm-hmm. system says do something, that's what you need to do. Um, the whole idea of why we did this is to get away from human bias and emotion. As soon as right. I need to time the market in March 2020, I've defeated the whole purpose of why I built this. Right? So, um, and at that point, we were very small. I think we had two, three crores of AUM. Um, markets are falling every day. You don't know where the bottom is. Uh, you run the system and the system is actually sitting in stocks. It's buying, you know, positions and saying, listen, there is no cash positions we're taking. Um, and at that point, we said, listen, that's what the system says. Sure, I don't know if this is entering nuclear winter, but you got to buy it. You bought. Hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we all know what happened over the next two years. So obviously that worked out great for us, but it could not have. Um, in many ways, right. things could go on many different ways. Uh, but answer remains the same, which is uh, if you build a system, you have to trust it. Uh, move away from human bias, emotion, judgment, um, and that's really what it's supposed to do. Uh, sometimes it works for us, sometimes it doesn't. Um, it's not like it always pays off, but idea is over long periods of time, uh, consistently using a framework is better than not, um, is the bet we're making. Okay, and you know, so just... Not, to... uh, it, it did a lot of evolving early on, uh, and then after that, it's a lot of, uh, you know, either course correction or uh, fixing, making it more efficient, uh, making it faster, making it leaner, uh, things like that, but the core algorithm hasn't changed much over the last two or three years. It just gets, uh, you know, it gets smart as it learns more uh, things. You know, in continuation to what you were saying about how you know the thesis on which your model is built, it's all proprietary. How do you make sure that uh, you know it isn't doing anything strange? You've mentioned, of course, that you have, you know, you you have your own overview on things, but how do you keep yeah. it from? Uh, let's say, deviating going from uh, too much. Yes, going the AI going rogue as everyone fears. <laughs> one day right. Um, so, so there's, you know, lots. I think that's the one thing that we are the most paranoid about, uh, which is 
you built this um it's telling you that it's going to do this x return uh, but but is it actually going to do it right? and how do you test that so there's a whole bunch of tools that we employed uh, right at the beginning also um to to make sure that there is no overfitting or underfitting so when we say we're doing 50 million portfolio iterations you know why isn't it 5 billion or why isn't it just 500 right how do you come up with this number so so what you're doing is uh, when you're running these iterations trying to make sure that uh, it is learning but it is not overlearning uh, you know you're not that? brute forcing it you know yeah. you're not trying to force the algo to come up with something that is just a coincidence you know something that doesn't actually exist yeah right yeah correct so. so we do that um the other thing we do uh, right at the beginning is uh, we said okay it's dynamic it learns any market what if i just throw in snp 500 data just throw in us data uh, it should learn any market right uh, it should be able to deliver returns um learn that market and deliver yeah. and it was able to do that and that was actually a genesis for our us product right which is trying to do a completely out of sample test uh, that's what it's called nice. uh you know couple of the kind of test we'll do is uh, randomized prices so what we're saying is uh, our whole thesis going in is fundamentals drive value and uh, market prices move with fundamentals but now what if all prices are random um and there is no connection to fundamentals and prices will it still be able to mm-hmm. find uh, good returns and uh, what we found is it wasn't able to there's no connection it doesn't know what to learn right um yeah. uh, so so there's a whole bunch of different kinds of tests like this we keep doing um and, and you know same thing when you're deciding to add a parameter it has to have a statistically significant impact on your numbers mm-hmm. it can't just be get throw everything at the wall uh, yeah. right um, so anything else what else do we do no i think you covered uh, a lot of it I, yeah. i mean it's basically making sure that you're doing something that's uh, actually that, replicable right. yeah replicable in the real world right uh, you're mm-hmm. not you're not uh, creating something which is uh, which is fleeting yeah. and will disappear in some sometime when you actually go to implement so yeah. i think that's the mm-hmm. end object no correct very, so these, very these techniques are you know constant and consistent um, every time we build a product uh, that's our main source of paranoia which is have we actually built something of value or or is it curious and and is the spread of what you so again just for everyone else who's uh, trying to understand what the actual you know outcome that you provide so you provide for your customers and your users is it uh, you know is it it's a fund management product where people can let's say say contribute their the funds they want you to manage on their behalf and then you go and you know uh, you know implement it it's it's like it's like any other fund management product out there in the market only thing the decisions are assisted with technology yeah yeah actually uh, why don't i at least uh, you know we've talked about the approach etc but uh, so at upside ai what we're trying to do like we said is uh, manage money smarter uh what we're doing with that is offering products across different market you know different ticket sizes um and idea really is to democratize this so we started um, with a pms where uh, a portfolio management service where you have to invest minimum 50 lakhs that's the sebi regulation around how much goes right. and then we manage that money so you give us the money we decide what to buy what not to buy when to sell etc and then we run that for you um and very recently uh you know uh, and atanu heads the the research part of it where we launched um, our research products which are available for retail um where what we're trying to do really is uh, allow people access to the techno- it doesn't have to be only when you have 50 lakhs that you can access good tech all uh, right? right so now you can invest as little as a lakh uh, using our research to buy a bunch of stocks so we're available on small case um and, and you know the, different products available uh, on that as well but like you said yes it's an in investment management uh, using uh, machine learning 
and maybe to Adano, so the the retail products, which is like you said, small case, those are also basically nothing but an abstraction of the same intelligence from you know from the markets. It's just packaged differently for retail investors. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So the, the basically the way that we slice the products is one you can view it by the ticket size, which is one angle, and the other angle is uh, a dif- different risk return profile, right? So I think. Uh, while our core algorithms remain the same at the back end, right? We have about two or three core algorithms that we use for our product, a combination of them. Um, the, each the products on the PMS side and on the small case side, uh, they are different uh, risk return profiles, right? So, for example, on the PMS side, we have a flexi cap product, uh, which mm-hmm. is very heavily invested in small caps a lot of the time. Right? It, it, it has freedom to do whatever it wants to do, but generally speaking, on average, it is heavily invested in small caps, right? Now mm-hmm. that product. Uh, may not be conducive to directly offer to retail because sometimes it's difficult to get in and out of uh, of small cap stocks. You're not sure whether this product can scale beyond a certain level because even the fund that we have, we are probably going to stop accepting new money in it at some point in time. So that's not a scalable product. So the the flip side of it is on the retail side, we have a product that that does only mid-caps because mid-caps, you know, can scale, can absorb that large AUM. So the difference is really the intelligence is the same, uh, the algorithm is the same, but the slicing of the products in terms of what's conducive for a retail investor in terms of his risk profile and the scalability mm-hmm. of the product, that's what's different across the two platforms. So the products are very different. The portfolios are very different, uh, but the underlying tech is. So before before I go into the, you, probably the question you all get a lot about the fact that why you have AI in your name, uh, what is what is the actual AI doing? Before we get, get into that, what you just explained sounds like Obviously, there is some proprietary technology uh, that you all have built. Uh, is this something in contrast to, let's say, the rest of the market, especially in India, people who are your peers, your competitors? What do you think is uh, your unique, let's say, you know, secret sauce or elements of it at least, which make uh, make for your product standing out? Yeah. So I think uh, first of all, as Kanika mentioned earlier, and I want to just reiterate that we don't use any off-the-shelf product, right? We, Right. Every single algorithm is written from scratch by us. So it's it's in the sense it's completely unique in that sense where we are not really we don't know what else anyone else is doing, but our products we know for sure are completely unique. The the, the I think the what's really different about our products, which is uh, sort of it stands out compared to our peers, is the fact that we are actually using machine learning. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. we, uh, usually when when you find people in the invest, investing space, they're using some static filters or what you call algorithms at the base level. Right? I mean. There's algorithm, there's AI, there's ML, and there's deep learning. So we are probably in that ML section, right? Where we are, we have built a framework. I, as a human, have built a framework and given the machine, okay, this is the framework. But then the machine itself is dynamically figuring out what each metric in that framework should be. I am not dictating something to the machine where I am telling is that if you have a combination of these parameters and this is a good stock, and if you don't, then it's a bad stock. The machine is figuring out what those parameters are, what the right combination is, and it's doing so by uh, iteratively learning from the market, right? It's doing 50 to the order of 90 to 50 million iterations and figuring out what the right combination of the right portfolio is. So I think that's what's really unique about us. I don't know anyone else who uses this kind of an approach, right? As I told you, most people who use technology are on the technical side, right? They're trying to see some price pattern or they're trying to see some arbitrage opportunity, something like that. Right? We don't do any of that. We don't use any technicals. We don't care whether how a stock got 200, whether I got 200 from 10 or from 1000. Right. What we care about is the fundamentals of the stock um, and and what is, that is in relation to the market. 
right? So that's, hmm. I would say, like a couple of points of differentiation. Yeah. Primarily uh, fundamental investing and dynamic systems that learn from each other. Yeah, in a nutshell, just to yes. summarize. Yes. Awesome, awesome, awesome. On that note, I was going to take a quick break uh, and come back and ask you to unravel that a little bit more. Uh, we'll take this one right now and come back. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Uh, we are obviously in conversation with Kanika and Atanu on uh, Upside AI. And we were, I think, just starting to hear the AI part of, uh, you know, the story itself. So, you know, Kanika, do you want to add to what Antanam just said about, you know, how your tech is, let's say, a little bit more unique and different from everyone else. Yeah. So so maybe we can talk about how one of the, the systems works, right? So uh, before we went on break, we talked about how we use fundamentals to invest uh, and how we're trying to build things that are dynamic and learn from markets, right? Um, and that's very important because, uh, you know, what you should buy today is not the same as what you should buy in March 2020, for example. Right? Um, right. Markets have changed and therefore the definition of what is fundamentally good has changed. Uh, right. So usually what happens with humans is, you know, they have a certain investing framework they work with. Um, and and that it is what it is, right? Either they're a value guy or a growth guy or a cement, you know, pharma expert, something, something. So that's the bent with which they buy. For us, what we're saying is as soon as you have technology, you leverage it to a point where you can be all types of experts and no expert, right? You're, you can You can do what... Buy what is fundamentally good, not only uh, on the supply side, which is actually a good company, but on the demand side also, where even the market agrees that it's a good company and buy that intersection, right? right? So how that really works is right at the beginning, you know, we pull company fundamentals, PNL, balance sheet, cash flow, etc. for everything, you know, listed on the exchanges, um, put it into the system and then convert every company into ratios and numbers that any good analyst would look at. Uh, to analyze a stock, right? Uh, your growth numbers, your return ratios, debt numbers, your valuations, uh, cash flow metrics, very normal stuff. There is no secret multiple we have, right? Uh, what's actually happening is um, really in step three, which is where the algo then takes all of this and then teaches itself. So just to uh, you know extend that example of why it's dynamic, at this point, what any human would do is apply an Excel filter. Right. Uh, let me let's use just say 20p or uh, 20% uh, revenue growth. I'll put these two just uh, oversimplifying this. I'll get a short list of stocks, uh, do a bunch of work on them and buy another subset. Mm. So for mm. us, we said, you know, why this magic 20 number? Uh, why does it work in every market? Uh, why do they talk to each other exactly the same way? Markets keep changing. So sometimes maybe growth doesn't matter at all. Maybe valuations matter a lot. Maybe debt is more important. So that's really what ends up happening where the AI then essentially almost starts from scratch where it keeps going back in time multiple time periods and keeps testing hypotheses on what does it mean to be fundamentally good how is it defined today what are the right ratios what are the right weightages for these ratios and therefore what are the companies to buy um wow. so, so that is the millions of portfolios that it's really doing um and, and you know just live examples so in march 2020 um when we ran it uh, like i was talking about uh, you know before uh, we went on break uh the portfolio is very heavy in specialty chemicals. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, but to nine months later, when we ran it in December, uh, it had switched into metals, right? And moved from chemicals to metals over nine months. It's not like in nine months, a chemical stock became a bad stock. It's still a no. good company. Yeah. But markets have changed enough where it's now looking for value stocks. It's looking for debt on books. So the kind of parameters that are important have change dramatically for it. Uh, and that's really where the uh, learning part of it comes in. And then at the end of it, it'll tell you, okay, buy this list of stocks. Here's the weightages in which you should buy. 
And like Atanu said, it's not automated. Uh, there is a manual process where we check everything. And then, you know, you buy and hold uh, rebalance, uh, you know, not more than before three months. So we hold for much longer than most bonds do. And how how much is it? Uh, how often can you do this sort of a refresh? Because practically, like you said, yes, you hold because you have to also test out uh, whatever hypothesis uh, shows up. But how how quickly does, let's say, your model or your machine learning respond to, let's say, changes? Because I think I think the market weather is changing more frequently than things used to uh, nowadays. If I, if you call it that, so have you seen uh, have you seen it respond fast enough or do you think you take a little longer stance, like you were saying, before you take a judgment call? So, uh, so two things, right? One is uh, the algo could trade every second. There's always a little bit more information that comes in uh, and it can always make a new decision, right? Um, now, what you're looking for is a trade-off between what are you gaining when you make a new decision versus what does it cost you to make that decision, right? Um, costs mm-hmm. are your transaction costs, you're paying STT, you're paying taxes, a whole bunch of things. Right. Um, and... You know, every time we build a product, that's what we're trying to optimize, which is net of course, what is a good time to make a new decision. Um, so, so that is one part of it. And then the second part of it is really what you said, which is weather changes every day. What is news? What is noise? Right? Um, when in the Trump era, when Trump would tweet about aluminum, was that news or noise? Uh, should you react to everything? Should you react to, you know, so, so there, is, there is a little bit of figuring out what you should be reacting to also. Um, which is why um, for us, we're using a more time-bound approach, uh, less event-based, at least in one of them. Uh, maybe, you know, Adana will talk about the other products we have, which do slightly different things. But idea is not to react to everything. Uh, you know, stay in the market as much as you can and be dynamic in terms of the decisions you make. I'll just add one thing. I mean, uh, what our products don't do today is we don't use any any news or anything like that. Right? We only rely on objective data. Yeah. Right? Whether it is company fundamental data, which is the algorithm Kanika explained or other algorithm that uses macro fundamental data, right? Like GDP growth, inflation, volatility. These are all objective parameters. Today, we don't use any, you know, management commentary or, uh, you know, news events because again, because of the noise versus signal issue. um, Right. right? So so we, we stay away from that. Okay. So that means obviously there's a, your data sources also, have uh, have to be something which you uh, let's say can you know rely on and do, do you think that framework exists today for you guys for all the uh, when you built your model uh, you had to rely on what was already existing right the prior let's say the raw data do you think that is now as good as you wanted it to be especially given indian uh, markets and indian uh, scenarios yeah i uh, you know actually the reason why my hypothesis or i, I think it's fairly certain that why tech overtook the financial markets in the US is because investing, specifically company data, macro data, has been available in a structured form for a very long period of time. You know, very right. bankable structured data uh, in the US, probably from the 80s, 90s, where you know service providers like Bloomberg or Thomson Reuters or these guys have been providing this data for a long period of time, and it's very reliable, very clean data, generally speaking. Of course, there are right. uh, uh, it breaks down once in a while when someone is doing willful fraud, but generally it is pretty clean. The same is true for India, probably from the early 2000s, I would say. That's from where you have really good, clean data available. And we didn't find a challenge to find uh, bankable data sources, right? On the fundamental side, there are services in India that that sort of collate that data. And on the macro side, there are government sources which provide the data mm-hmm. from slightly later, from 2010. So data, the source of data was not a problem. 
what took us a lot of time was the cleanup right because the data has to be normalized we can't just feed in raw data and expect the system to understand what it is so we have to normalize all the data that we use and that took us a lot of time that was a lot of the early work that we did before we even launched the product or we started offering it to external investors and i think that's a non trivial process right? Uh, right it's and and you know fortunately or unfortunately it is specific to the algorithm and the framework that you are using right so it's kind of, of I, i don't know if it's a moat or whatever but it takes time to do it's not not it's not a trivial exercise uh, right. and it's something that you have to spend time on right you can't uh, unless you're using some technicals and only using price and volume data right which is which is standard if you're using fundamental data if you're using macro data you have to spend time to normalize it but the data sources themselves are very reliable uh, understood and so that's, that's that is the what is the data and then the other thing is also sort of figuring out um cleaning it standardizing it and then uh, when you build out your systems uh, you need to be checking are you overfitting uh, you know Absolutely. your actual models you need to constantly test them with the data also right and maybe uh, you know we can go into that uh, Uh, assuming you were going to ask it, uh, but it, it just struck me Please, that it's not just cleaning the data; it's also cleaning the model uh, to make sure that uh, you know you're not just massaging it and then are getting the answers you want. No, of course. Uh, in fact, the uh, actually the question I had was, you know, everything as a company, as a product, you obviously had a direction you wanted, uh, you know, uh, as or an outcome or a success criteria that you wanted for your customers and for your investors you work with, which is obviously great, uh, which is obviously more fun. you know wealth creation and so on but what is your let's say th- base vision that you want to stand for is this is it long term like you know how in financial companies all have you know a hypothesis which they promise to their investors saying you know we are a wealth creation company or we are a regular investing company or we are for so on we stand for this and so on so forth what are, what is it that you guys have built that on uh, if you if i ask you yeah i think um, the the primary promise uh, really is to be unbiased and unemotional uh, in in your investing process so rules based and dynamic those are the two pillars on which upside is built and that is what we offer our customers which is that we will not be i'm not a uh, fund manager there's nothing ad hoc that happens uh, and uh, the rules will keep changing for you as markets keep changing um if if we're able to do those two things for our customers well uh, you know we'll be able to do long term wealth creation without that being the you know main banner on the door yeah and i just want to add something it'll sound cliche but i do want to say it uh, i think we take our roles as fiduciaries very seriously yeah, uh true. you know i think we are extremely conservative on um ensuring that we are doing what's best for the client uh, you know stuff like it's been in the news recently about front running and all this and we, you know we've been talking about this for a very long time that we make sure that there is absolutely no conflict of interest between what we are doing and what's right for the clients right so we don't have any personal equity exposure in india outside of these funds all of our money is invested through the fund so we eat what we cook um right okay. and we make sure again that none of our employees at to the extent that we can control are doing anything that's harmful to the client right so again it comes from the point of view of being fiduciaries building a 2025 30 year journey of of building trust with customers right so i think that's also a very core part of our vision no very nice good to know that in fact that was going to be another uh, segue to the question was like now that you've built this uh, obviously your you uh, you've spoke about the technology uh, underlying there it's evolving markets are changing you're trying to be as dynamic as possible so what is your let's say long term outlook uh, you know especially as a startup i think uh, startups by nature are uh, if they they 
think on short term windows and then evolve very very quickly so where do you see your uh, roadmap taking you uh, both from a market as well as product if you can share uh, yeah so uh, you know market uh, like we were saying long term vision uh, launch our own mutual funds uh, manage larger pools of capital um, uh, I, I, but essentially stay in investment management and and use uh, you know the systems that we talked about um and on the product side the idea is to be a lot more broad based uh, so we started with you know equity small caps uh, moved on to large mid caps moved on to an asset allocator uh, then moved on to you know products for retail now we're launching things uh, in the us markets uh, you know for indians to be able to invest in the us um so so it, it's not going to be a menu where there'll be a hundred of them but just if if you're going to give me a hundred rupees can i uh, you know in good faith actually diversified reasonably well for you just using my products so can i get 100% share of wallet for you without you having uh, you know insane exposure to only one thing or only one sector that's really how we're thinking about building products um, so nothing overlaps uh, everything we do is differentiated uh, from each other also in, at a product level very nice and and you said uh, not just the indian market but also international markets and that's a space which atanu i think you mentioned that is already used to using technologies like this uh, at a very fundamental level i mean everyone's it's one ai against the other almost uh, if if you think about it so so how is it how do you aim to sort of go there with the learnings that you have so far yeah so i think you know uh, when we talk about international markets let me be very frank right it's when we're talking about us market right that's the elephant in the room it dominates uh, equity yeah. and bond investing globally everything else is minuscule compared to china is growing but the us is the is what international markets is at least in my view uh, so let when you talk about the us market i think we are not looking to compete with the hedge fund right we are not building products which are uh, esoteric in any way or super you know looking to maximize you know do thousands of trades a minute which is what some of these funds do and uh, aim to deliver uh, outsized returns you know 40 50% return that's not what we're trying to do what the products that we are building today again we are building from the perspective of we are very clear that we want to be a mutual fund in 3 4 years in india so we are building a product that invests in the us from the perspective of giving indians the opportunity to get deep us market exposure because what we have found is that today if you if uh, as an indian resident you want to look at your options to invest in the us uh, Hmm. you will find that most mutual funds are do, are overexposed to one part of the us market which is the tech right because either they're yeah. doing etfs right which mimic the s&p 500 or the nasdaq 100 or they are directly investing in these 10 15 high profile tech names and which is great i mean tech is a uh, is going to be a dominant sector going forward but the us is a lot more than that the us has the bigger biggest consumer brands in the world the us is the most innovative and the largest healthcare sector in the world and none of the funds i feel as offering deep us market exposure where they're taking part in some very uh, democratic uh, lucrative teams going forward right so we are building a product that does that right where where we give an investor access to these themes which they won't get today um, and with the objective of delivering very you know a, a 5 to 10% alpha over the long term us return right which will be a very attractive indian return if you uh, add on the rupee depreciation to it So that's our aim. So we are not com- trying to compete with the hedge funds. We are not building a product like that. We are not trying to do something very complicated. We are trying to build something simple, something that we can put in a mutual fund and something that's really beneficial to a, a Indian customer's share of wealth. You know, on, a, on another no, another point to that is given that you know the Indian market or the Indian investor market, right, is 
is something which has grown dramatically as we know over the past two years since the pandemic. I think a lot more people have gotten into equity investing, investing in markets in general. Has that shaped your, let's say, product offerings? Have you, or you know, when you started out, you probably anticipated a certain kind of customer uh, in 2019, a lot wholly different, uh, avail- addressable market of customers, if you think about it. So what's your change in view on that? Yeah, so uh, you're absolutely right, which is why we even launched uh, small cases so early, right? Um, uh, we were we our plan was to stay within the H and I segment where you invest minimum fifty lakhs uh, for a while, uh, you know, and once you have scale, uh, then go retail. Um, but but what we realized is market is evolving so quickly. If you don't start learning today, what consumers or what your retail investors want, how they behave, what are they buying, what are they selling, uh, you'll just sort of you will you'll always be playing catch up, uh, which is why for us we we had to start uh, retail much earlier, and also you, you know of course there is the demand side of it as well. But but for us a, a lot of it is making sure that uh, we're able to stay with the market. Uh, and that is our biggest learning, which is markets are evolving way way quicker. So just like your products, uh, you know your business strategy also has to be dynamic. We are able to uh, you know adapt and uh, change. And, and similarly, that's the the main reason we're doing US is because we've been getting a lot of. Uh, you know, inquiries or people are saying, how do I get exposure? And we think it's very important for any portfolio to not just, you, you know, sure, you can be in India, you can buy large, mid, small caps, you can buy thematics, blah, blah, blah. But you're 100% India exposure. You're, you're tied to one country, right? So you need to start diversifying at a country level also, currency level also, which is why uh, for everyone, everyone should be looking at adding a little bit of US weather. Obviously, to us would be great. Yeah. Uh, but if not through us in generally, uh, they should. Yeah, and, and I just want to add that, you know, our view is on the retail side is to experiment, but our focus remains on the PMS side. That is our bread and butter, and that's where most of our energies are focused. The retail side, as Kanika is saying, is we are observing it, right? Seeing how retail behavior evolves. And you don't know, you know, you and I don't know, it might change dramatically if the market falls another right. 20, 30%. Right? We've seen this right. when in 2007, 2008, market was at, at its peak. DMAT accounts peaked then, and then it took them 10 years again to come back to that peak. Right? We might see mm-hmm. that something similar repeat itself. I'm not saying it well. I don't know. Right? Maybe right. because the new users are much younger, maybe they, they have more wherewithal, they will stick by the dip, uh, as people keep yes. saying, and stick to it. But we have to see. Right? So we are uh, humbly just observing it, trying to participate in the market market and learn. Right? Our focus today is, is the EMS side. And three or four years from now, when we have a mutual fund, we'll go hard after retail. That's good to know. So, and uh, that means no, no uh, thoughts on building a, I would say, millennial friendly uh, product like <laughs> for investors. You definitely want to focus on folks who want long term wealth creation. For sure. Yeah, definitely. And we will come and say, Achha, you know, work, everyday trades, uh, every week trades, we say that, that's not, you know, just because you're using AI and you can, you shouldn't. Um, so, so right. that's not at all philosophy. And it's, and it's millennial friendly to build a long-term yeah, wealth product. Really. You know, we're trying to convince. But yeah, of course, I mean, every market goes through cycles and we're just in a cycle where people like trading. Yeah. Right. All right. You know, that's a, that's a good note, uh, you know, to, of course, uh, conclude this very fascinating chat. I think, uh, you know, Kanika and uh, Tanu, for folks who were listening, whether they're millennials or not, uh, if they do want to reach out to you, what's the best place to reach you? Uh, do you want to share like, uh, LinkedIn or Twitter or anything else uh, you want to share where people can. Yeah, so uh, you know you can come to our website upside.ai. Uh, uh, you know you can leave us a WhatsApp. Uh, you know you'll get a bunch of information on there. 
You can follow us on Twitter, you know, upside underscore AI is our handle. Uh, you know, we're both on it, Kanika Agarwal, Tanu Agarwal. You can look for us uh, and, and, you know, uh, hear what we have to say some more outside of this. Awesome. Thank you so much uh, for everyone else listening to this show. Of course, uh, wherever you're listening, do leave us a rating or a review uh, and give us some feedback. Uh, of course, you can reach out to the IBM uh, Twitter handle as well or my own uh, at Shiladitya and uh, we'll be happy to chat. And if you are already investing, go check out uh, Upside AI and uh, of course, all the products uh, that this team has to offer. Thank you. Kanika, Tanu, thank you so much for the wonderful chat. Uh, like uh, we heard, I'm sure every day your uh, Models will keep evolving and uh, you will keep uh, giving good uh, investment returns to all of your customers. So let's hope for the best for everyone. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, We really enjoyed this chat. Thank you.